Welcome to Sweet Valley Diaries, the podcast where we ask the question, uh, would it maybe have been better if our heroine just stayed in a coma? Wouldn't that have been easier for everybody? Number seven, Dear Sister. Can Jessica face life without Elizabeth? Hi, welcome to Sweet Valley Diaries. I'm your host, Marissa Flaxbart, and my guest today is the amazing Alex Jennings. Welcome, Alex. Hi, thanks for having me. This is the first time I get to say I feel very special about it. You may know Alex. (laughs) Well, the first time I get to say you may know Alex Jennings for anything, but um, you may recognize Alex as Carla on The Goldbergs. That's right. Maybe. Like, maybe. <laughs> maybe. If you watch The Goldbergs, you definitely will, because Carla is basically the best. Sorry, everybody else on The Goldbergs. It's not just because she's my friend. No, not at all. I'm I don't sure. think. <laughs> I love to watch you on The Goldbergs, though, because... You're a good friend. You're a good friend. I don't know if most of my friends would say that. <laughs> yeah. Well, but if they, if they did it, they would say it, because it's so much fun to watch oh, you. Thanks. Normally, I start off the show by asking my guests... If they ever have any experience with reading Sweet Valley or Sweet Valley High novels. Mm-hmm. And, um, but today I kind of want to start by um, skipping that a little bit because I know that you, like many of the guests, were aware of Sweet Valley but had never read a Sweet Valley Basically, High. Yeah. Um, and instead, I want to say to you, I am deeply sorry for making you read this <laughs> book. <laughs> oh, I forgive God. you. I forgive you. I couldn't. I mean, this is not my first time reading Dear Sister, but I couldn't help thinking now that I've been doing the show a little bit about the fact that every book that I have a guest on, if they've never read a Sweet Valley High novel, it's their first one. Mm-hmm. And as first entries into the series go, this is maybe the worst you could possibly get. Yeah. So I hope, hope, we'll see how much you got of the characters. I think I did, because they basically just playing opposites. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so um, let's let's talk about it. So this book is Dear Sister. Uh, we left off at the end of book six, Dangerous Love. Elizabeth was in a coma, and it looked looked bad, and Todd and Jessica were standing over her bedside saying, just, uh, just wake up, you know, wake up, Liz. Dear Sister starts, and she's still in a coma, and the reader, you know, back in when this book came out in the mid-80s, was left to wonder, oh my god, is Elizabeth going to die in this book? Yeah. So let's talk a bit about the cover, what they would see. <laughs> what said, you know, 13, 14-year-old girl would see when she picked this up from her local uh, bookstore? There's a blonde woman who seems very distraught holding a picture frame with a picture of what looks like her in a black and white photo. Right. And she looks... 37 to me. Like, she does not look... These people, like, just don't look like teenagers to me. Yeah. And it's not just the 80s hairdo. It's really just, like, I just think they look kind of old. Like, yeah. Look, illustrations. Right. Sometimes when you look me. at pictures of people from yeah. historically, they all look so old. It's like, true, though, I was I looking guess. through my aunt's um, yearbooks that were from, like, the... Mm-hmm early to mid-60s, and it is, you flip through and you're like, oh my gosh, these people all look so old, but I think it's just yeah. their hair. I, yeah, I guess. In this case... She's very sad and looking straight yeah. into camera. And she's holding a framed portrait. It's a black and white portrait, like you said, of a mm-hmm. girl that looks just like her. It's so like a school photo. It does, except why is it black and white? I don't know. I never thought about that until this time when I was really considering the cover. Who has like a black and white... It's a class photo, maybe? Yeah, maybe. It's like usually you don't have that. That's like more of a senior year thing. Like, what uh, year in school are they supposed to be? They're juniors. Are they juniors the whole time? They are juniors the whole time, uh, which actually uh, will come up in a moment here because (laughs) a lot of stuff has happened already in Mm -hmm. this book. Like, we might as well launch into Mm -hmm. it. Mm -hmm. Um, This is a sad cover, but there's not too much else going on. So, some of the previous books have had things events that have unfolded, where it seems like, man, that must be taking a lot of time uh, in order for Robin Wilson, one of the characters, to lose, like, half her body weight. You can't just do that in a day. But they're not specific about how much time it's taken. Yeah. In this book, we learn some specific things about how much time has passed. Mm. So, but let's start at the beginning of the book. So, okay, Elizabeth in her coma. Elizabeth in a coma. 
and Jessica. And Jessica is distraught. And <laughs> she's so sad, and she's crying all the time, and she's not sure if Elizabeth's going to live or die. This doctor comes in early on in the book, Dr. John Edwards, is his name. Yeah. <laughs> and he comes in, and he's like, ah, oh, kiddo, you know, I'm a doctor, but you're the one who can save he's her life. He's creepy. Can we just stop and say that the doctor touches her multiple times? He is so unprofessional. Well, yeah, the far, it's already, like, up. T- it's up to you, but it's really up to you. I'm like, no, it's up to you, Dr. Edwards. And then, uh, but he says at one point, well, no, the book says, Dr. Edwards' hands were cupping her face. Yes! And then he, like, strokes her hair later. I marked exactly the same two things. <laughs> it's like, what's like, happening? This is weird. It would be one thing if Jessica were, like, eight years old, and it was just like, oh, like, you're trying to be paternal? Like, maybe that would be less weird. But this is a 16-year-old woman who he also calls beautiful. I know. He's like, you're both, this must be your sister because you're both beautiful. There's so much talk about them being beautiful in, like, the first chapter alone. I'm like, I get it. And the doctor, we're not exaggerating here. The doctor literally says, I may be the doctor here, but you're the only one. We don't really understand how comas work, so maybe you can, like, give her the will to live and... So, Jessica starts talking to Elizabeth in her coma. Yeah, that's, like, decent advice. I think doctors do say that, I think, right? Yeah. At least in movies, they they do, like, talk to them. I don't know if it's real or if it's just movie talk. And talking to them does seem nice. It's just the way that he's totally willing to give up any agency. Yes, like, this is not on me. This is on you, Jessica. uh, Yeah. And then, so, Jessica starts talking to Elizabeth, and um, Mm. she's... Initially, really, she's angry. She's really sorry. Jessica really sees Elizabeth's coma as being her, her fault. fault. Right. Mm-hmm. Which is an important element in the sure. story. Because yeah. Jessica carries a lot of guilt. And the reason that she's guilty is a little bit of a stretch. But did it come across to you in the book? Yeah. It, she just didn't. She left the party without her, Elizabeth. Yeah. And so then Elizabeth had to get a ride home. Yeah. Everybody Todd's. was at their friend Enid's 16th birthday party. Elizabeth was waiting for Todd. Jessica left and forgot all about her sister. Right. So she sees it as Elizabeth had no choice but to get on Todd's motorcycle. Right. Now, we the readers, if we've been reading book six, know that's not really what went down. It's true that Jessica forgot, really? but Elizabeth also wanted to ride the motorcycle mm. just this one last time because she knew it was going to be the Oh, only, yeah. yeah. Yeah, they mentioned that. Yeah. She knew it was going to be the only chance that she would get. But, so Jessica feels a lot of guilt. Um, there's something really funny that she says to... Uh, that she says to Elizabeth early on when we first start getting a glimpse of, like, like listening in on their conversations. Mm-hmm. And it's funny in the moment, but then it starts to become something that's like, is she doing a spell on Elizabeth right now? <laughs> Wait, where? It's on page 10. So Jessica is kind of trying to, like, hit her stride of just chatting right. to Elizabeth, which is what the doctor oh, told yeah, her she to mentions, do. Oh, yeah, because she says her name Liz She's, so much. Yeah. So at the top of page 10, she says... Do you mind if I say something about your makeup, Liz? Don't get me wrong. You always look good. But with more eye makeup and blusher, you could be sensational. And your clothes, jeans and button-down shirts are okay, but sometimes you're too conservative. When you get out of here, we've got to go shopping. I'll help you pick out some really spectacular outfits, okay? And Mm. she goes on, and then it's more normal. Yeah. But lo and behold... It starts to seem not like just a funny moment in passing of Jessica being Jessica, but like maybe she did some sort of brain spell it's on like, Elizabeth. It's kind of Freaky Friday, like, we yeah. just, if only you could be more like me. This is when they're pe- both peeing yeah, in the fountain and totally. the streams cross. And yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's such a good point. I mean, like, yeah, looking back, like, foreshadowing. Yeah, because <laughs> Elizabeth, spoiler alert, da 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 Elizabeth wakes up from her coma. Yes. Uh, not too far into the book. And she's immediately like, oh my god, I look terrible. Yeah, she's she so does, concerned with her looks. Yeah, and, and she puts on a ton of makeup before anybody will come in and visit. It's bizarre. I, I, yeah, the fact that she won't let her boyfriend come in and see her in the hospital. Like, yes. if he's your boyfriend, you shouldn't care. Todd shows <laughs> up. Yeah, Todd shows up and... She's, like, not just doesn't want to see him. At first it seems like she just doesn't want him to see her looking like that. But then it reali- we realize that she's actually being kind of cold to yeah. Todd. And Todd, understandably, assumes that this is because she's mad at him for almost killing her. Exactly. Which I would think that, too, if I were Todd. Mm-hmm. 
just a side note, I love the names in this book and, like, the names of all these, like, side <laughs> rebel characters. And there's a guy named Crunch McAllister. Yes. Because she, Jessica's like, it's not fair. Crunch McAllister wasn't even hurt when he hit Todd's bike with his van. I just love there's a guy named Crunch and that Crunch was not crunched <laughs> during... The accident. Exactly, um. exactly. In passing, it's really funny. <laughs> and Elizabeth um, also turns down her favorite, like, nightshirt when Jessica yeah. brings it to her. She's like, ew, this gross thing. It's a UCLA sweatshirt. And Jessica's like, yeah, I mean, I always thought it was pretty gross, too, but you always loved it. Jessica is already noting bizarreness of Elizabeth's behavior. Nobody else is really fully figuring it out. Mm-hmm. And Jessica's just so relieved that Elizabeth is awake that she's willing to turn a blind sure. eye. This is when, oh, this is when we find out about time passing. Because mm-hmm. we are told in the book that Liz has to stay at the hospital for three weeks. Yeah. And then she has to stay home for another two weeks. That's a long time. That's over a month of her junior year. Mm-hmm. Then we resume the rest of the book. And, like, that part, that's basically just skipped over all that time as, like, fast forward. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. Um, so that just, it just makes you stop and wonder, like, when are we, you know, how many more, how many books have happened? How many more yeah. books are coming? By the time this book is over, it's like, they should be graduating. Yeah. From, or they should be, yeah, from junior year. So when Elizabeth wakes up and starts acting this way, this is when me, Marissa, as a reader, yeah. starts thinking about you, Alex, as a reader, and thinking, oh my gosh, this is Alex's first impression <laughs> <laughs> And I am a famously identify very strongly as a, an Elizabeth type. And so this time through, with this new way of thinking about these books, I was already very on edge and super annoyed with Elizabeth for being such a heinous bitch. And that's the thing, is that from the get-go, she's not just being like Jessica. Jessica's a brat. She's Mm -hmm. irresponsible. She's being mean. There's a scene where Elizabeth comes home from school and is complaining, and Jessica's staring at her, and Elizabeth is like, if you're just going to stare at me, put your face away. Yeah. (laughs) Which is kind of a sick burn, but like... What? She's just being rude. Yeah, it's just like, it was like Jessica on steroids, I guess. Yeah. I I understood enough that they were very different I'm glad to hear it. And that, okay, it's all, this is all going to be about them basically switching places almost. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. Jessica is feeling very, um, she's, she's the one who's most aware of the change in Elizabeth, sure. it seems. But she's also weirdly unwilling to admit it. No one does anything for such a long yeah. time. One of the first things that happens is that they decide that they're going to have a party. This is actually Elizabeth's idea. Yeah. Jessica's thinking, well, okay, I guess we can have a party. I think you're sort of sick, but, like, if you want to have a party, we can. Um, So who should we invite? Like, Lila and Kara? Like, the rest of the PBAs? There's this moment, it's on page 24, where Elizabeth says the most hilarious thing that is so out of character, where Jessica... (laughs) Yes, I have it underlined, too. I think I know you read it. Uh... Why invite any of them, Jess? Can't the Wakefield sisters handle all those guys to themselves? Don't invite any girls. Yeah. Just invite all the boys. Yeah, they're so says. boy crazy. Yeah. Or just in general is what it seems. I don't know. Like, even when she's not... It seems like they have... They, Jessica cares a lot about guys all the time. Yes. Like, she says before, like, I love it. Like, great idea, Liz. We'll invite every terrific guy we know. <laughs> I was like, what is your, that your first instinct? Yes, yes. And Jessica is boy crazy, but Elizabeth surpasses sure. her. She ups the ante. And Jessica is noticing that, too. When they finally have this party um, a little bit later, Jessica is doing all the work to plan for it. Right. Elizabeth is using her recent coma as an excuse, and it's an effective excuse, not surprisingly. But then she's the life of the party, and everybody is surrounding her. Mm-hmm. The only other person who's really super concerned about Elizabeth is Todd. And Todd and Jessica have these this weird moment of, or just a unique for them, moment of kind of bonding and like confiding in each other, joking with each other a little bit. It's almost as if Jessica, by taking on a bit more responsibility and becoming more like Elizabeth, is suddenly able to relate to Todd, and Todd can relate to her a little bit. Normally, they're really at odds. Right. There's something I thought was so funny. I'm sorry. I'm looking at my book and looking at my notes. And awesome. there was this, I think this might be right before they have the party when Todd comes over, maybe for the first time to visit her. Uh-huh. And, uh... 
and Jessica has to cross her fingers to lie to him. And I thought that was like, oh, sorry, like our parents don't let her have visitors over when really just Liz doesn't want to see her. Yeah. Him. And I just thought that's hilarious that she has to cross her fingers to do it. And then she says, uh, you know how much she likes school. She'll probably have all the work made up and a dozen stories written for the Oracle before I finish that one stupid book report on Moby Dick. I mean, Todd, who really cares about whales? Jessica asked in annoyance and then says, Todd did, but he let the comment slide by. Todd cares about the whales. I literally have this page open. <laughs> this is amazing. We marked all the same stuff. In the last book, Todd was working on a Save the Whales Oh, project. he was? Yeah. That actually makes me feel better because I was like, are we just going to let this whale it was thing a funny slide? Moment. Todd what? did, but he let it slide. Todd, oh, it's, it's so just, good. It's one of my favorite jokes in the whole It's funny, too, series. because she's not talking about real whales. She's talking about Moby Dick. Yeah. Who even cares about whales? Todd did, but he let it slide. <laughs> but that, this illustrates the way that it's not like Jessica has totally transformed into Elizabeth, to the book's credit. Sure. And it's not like Jessica and Todd are falling in love or something. No. Jessica's just, like, able to talk to him in a little bit more of a... She's Their more functions human. have sort of changed yeah. in the story. Jessica becomes more of, like, a human person. And she's really struggling against it. But she also doesn't want to really... She doesn't want to let anybody talk shit about Elizabeth, which is normally Elizabeth's thing. Elizabeth mm-hmm. hates to hear how people are saying that Jessica's maybe being unreasonable. It's very annoying to me most of the time when Jessica defends, sorry, when Elizabeth defends Jessica. And it's annoying in this book that Jessica is unwilling to admit that Elizabeth is acting weird when everybody notices. At school, it's so clear that Elizabeth is totally they go to school the first day elizabeth is wearing this green mini dress Mm -hmm. jessica is wearing like a t-shirt and jeans and everybody all day keeps on mistaking them for each Mm -hmm. other even mr collins mistakes them for each other this feels so classic like an 80s sort of supernatural like teen witch style there's no like magic or anything in the book but it feels like there is it meets like a like a soap opera yeah like yeah definitely soap opera with teen witch freaky friday nonsense all yeah. yeah. Um, there's even this moment early on where they're at the party that Jessica and Elizabeth are having at their house. It's like a pool party mm-hmm. where Jessica hears Elizabeth laugh and she says, that's my laugh. <laughs> I know. I was like, you just know your laugh that well? It's like I don't a know flirt- if I would recognize. Well. It's like a flirtatious laugh that she uses sure. to try to win people I guess, over. Yeah. Kara comes in over at the party too and talks to Jessica and says... You're like, boy, Elizabeth is really acting a lot different. And Jessica says, this is a direct quote, she's not different. She's exactly the same. (laughs) It's like, Jessica, why are you trying so hard? Yeah, it's definitely bizarre. It's hard to, it's honestly very hard to uh, defend the, or justify Jessica's actions. It's like she just doesn't want to admit it. Yeah, like, I get you felt guilty at the beginning. Like, I get it. It was very strong, distraught feelings, but come on. Yeah, we're, we're meant to believe that Jessica's <laughs> guilt is the main thing. Also, I think it's she's enough. in a little bit of denial. Like, she, she thinks that Elizabeth will be back to normal soon, and so she might as well just, like, mm-hmm. pretend like nothing's wrong until Elizabeth goes back to normal. But Elizabeth is not back to normal. She's doing really badly in school. Yeah. Um, and people know about it. There are, like, rumors that she's doing badly at school, too. And everybody sees how much different she's acting. People are also taking their problems to Jessica now. They used to take them to Elizabeth. So the roles at school are definitely flipping. Uh, so then we have this moment back at the Wakefield house where I started, this is, like, making me angry in a whole new way now Mm -hmm. in this book, where they are, Ned and Alice Wakefield, their parents are just... Why do they call them Ned and Alice Wakefield? Like, the book is always like, Ned and Alice. I'm like, Mom and Dad? Like, it's just very bizarre that they always refer to them as Ned and Alice Wakefield all the time. Never Mom and Dad or their parents or their mom or... It's very bizarre to me, and I that's, don't think they're good parents. I would like to put that on the true. record. <laughs> yes. Now, listeners who read these series might be like, what? Oh, the Wakefields are so great. They are not great in this book. They suck They're in like book. the worst parents ever. First of all, they don't even seem to notice the change in Elizabeth right. until things get really bad. And they blame everything that's happening on Jessica. And they're just like never home. Well, that's what I was getting mad at here. So they basically just, surprise, you guys, guess what? These people are going out of town to go to some sort of computer conference, and 
and their twin daughters who are 12, Jean and Joan Percy, are coming over to our house tonight. Yeah, like tonight. now. Like in five seconds. Who's, who gives them that little warning? That's usually something that they talk about like a week before it happens. Right. So these twin girls are coming over, more twins in, mm-hmm. in Sweet Valley, coming over to the Wakefields house. They're going to be here tonight. They're staying with us for in like indefinitely, forever. it's like the rest of the book. They're yeah. staying with them, which could be one week, it could be four weeks, five months, five we, months. We really can't tell. Yeah. Then it's not just like oh, these kids are coming over surprise. Then they leave to go to a bridge party. That's yes, right. You don't even like oh, you know what? We'll put off bridge for just one night because these little girls just came to our home. Maybe we should make them feel comfortable. Yeah. No, we're just gonna go. Peace. Bye. They leave. They're recently you know, it's terrible car accident, coma hospital right? daughter, and their famously irresponsible daughter, who's now forced to be the responsible one, although they don't notice any of that, they leave them home with the other twins. Jess's got plans to go to the drive-in with Danny Stopher, which we're going to talk about later, because her talk <laughs> about what's going to happen at the right? drive-in is something. Uh, but Elizabeth hears this, and then... She's such a bitch in this book. She sneaks out of the house, tells the twins, like, tell Jessica I said I'm so sorry, but something really came up. And, like, while Jessica is getting ready for her date with Danny, which she's told Liz about, Liz leaves. And so there's nobody to take care of the twins except for Jessica. Nope. Danny comes and basically makes Jessica promise him to do whatever he wants, whatever that means, in agreement to, like, take the twins with them to the drive-in. So they can't have the night at the drive-in they were planning to yeah. have. Which seemed pretty X-rated. It did. It <laughs> really did. what yeah. she was saying. They mentioned her, like, breathy voice talking to him on the phone, like, what they're going to do. And yeah. How she, like, looked at herself in the mirror, like, not bad. Like, the boys of Sweet Valley wouldn't have a chance that night. I'm like, what? Yeah. Oh, she also has this horrible line where she's subbing, she's, like, looking herself over yeah. in the mirror, and she says, good thing you lost those two pounds, Jess. Dan wouldn't want to put his arms around a blimpo. Right? I've also circled that. I wrote it down, and I made this note. I feel like I'm being baited. <laughs> like, this book, it's not actually trying, I don't even think that the book is trying to present this comment from Jessica as reasonable is actually it seems like it's actually trying to point out how shallow Jessica is yes I was just I the first time I read it I thought it said 20 pounds and I was like wait she lost 20 pounds that's like such an interesting like part of her character and I was like oh no two pounds okay cool she's just a little crazy she lost two pounds and if she weighed two more pounds she would be a blimpo (laughs) and boys would not want to put their arms around her mentioned something about that at one point. Yeah, She's like, oh, on. you can eat more. Don't worry. You'd have to gain a couple pounds before people started calling you tubby. And I was like, what kind of mom says that to I, someone? Who cares? What? Yeah. What's going on? This is when Alice has made uh, French toast for Jessica. And Jessica's yeah. like, mom, why do you make French toast? You know I can't gain any weight or I'll never fit into my cheerleading costume. And Alice is, like, trying to tease her playfully. Like, I think you can pack on a few pounds before people start calling you tubby is literally, yeah. What See, and I read it as, like, you can pack on a few pounds. Don't worry. Like, don't let a couple. Th- th- then they're going to start calling you tubby, and then you got to lose the weight. I think, is how it, I think no matter how what tone you read it with, it's, it's a shitty bad. thing to say. It's just so bad. Because, like... Now you're putting in, in Jessica, like knowing Jessica, she's so shallow and afraid, and she's so concerned about those things. That and she's also a 16 year old girl whose right, mother's talking sure. to her. What you hear is, "Oh, if I gain weight, I am going to be called tubby." Like this, these are going to be the consequences. Mom thinks I'm almost tubby, but not quite. These All girls right. have such yeah strong issues with I don't know. I know there's personal, a personal yeah appearance yeah. and image, body image. So the Percy good. twins. Percy twins Sorry, are terrible yeah. on the date. It's the worst date Jessica's ever had. And she's now, it's really like a breaking point. Like she's ready to really have things be different. But she doesn't do anything. It seems like she's hit this like breaking point, but she doesn't do anything. She says this funniest thing though on page 66. Um, when she's complaining to her parents about getting stuck with the twins, she says, you know something? Responsibility can get in the way of having a good time. (laughs) (laughs) And her dad is like, I think that's one of the great truths of life you just learned, Uh, honey. Because they're congratulating her for being so responsible. It's like they're, the book's attempt to have, to, to redeem the Wakefields by complimenting Jessica. And it's why she doesn't like explode on them because they're so withholding normally of praise for Jessica. She doesn't deserve it very often, Mm -hmm. but, um. The end of that chapter is weird because 
Liz is home when she gets home. Like, she's already asleep and she's had a nightmare. That's right. And then they don't talk about it. It ends that chapter with, I had a nightmare. And they're, like, hugging. And she's like, it's okay, Liz. Like, nightmares don't last forever. And then I'm like, what was the nightmare about? That's when true. did she get home? Who was she with? What was the nightmare? Is she okay now? Like, because they have this moment of like that's true when Jessica like vulnerability together. When Jessica comes home from the date, she overhears like whimpering, yeah. crying from Liz's room. Goes in and hugs her, and Liz has just had a nightmare. Yeah, they never what's the, talk like, about it. What's the it. point of that beat? Because then it just like goes away, and then Liz is the yeah. same. She's terrible. I think it, we don't ever find out what the nightmare was, but I guess we're supposed to think that it has something to do with. Uh, her coma weird mental state. I guess. I'm it's just very like confused, soap opera. like, what the point of it was. I was like, yeah. what? Yeah. Um, so now we're back at school, and Elizabeth has to go see a character we've never heard of before named Mrs. Green, um, who is this, a guidance counselor. And we find out that, like, Liz has turned in none of her work for, like, any of her missed right. work. She hasn't turned in any of it. And she... Basically, like, feigns dizzy spells and, like, blames it all on her headaches again. She's really being shady. Then she talks to Winston Egbert, and she's like, oh, I could finish all my work if only I didn't have this history paper to write, like, about the Punic Wars. <laughs> like, don't you love Roman history? Like, or maybe Winston says that to her, and mm-hmm. he's like, yeah, I mean, I could give you my paper if you want to, like, look at the sources. But yeah, yeah. And... Elizabeth basically just, like, changes a couple sentences. He says that it took him two weeks to write that paper. Yeah. I was like, wow, that seems like a lot of work. Yeah. I'm not. Especially when you already have I'm not a Winston Egbert. I don't uh, relate to Winston Egbert as a character. <laughs> and apparently she's got five weeks of schoolwork to catch up on, too. Right. So, And then um, even Mr. Collins notices that Jessica... Sorry, that Elizabeth is acting really weird. Um... Mr. Collins was an interesting character to me. Well, I was like, is this going to be like a Dr. Edward situation? Yeah. Where he's like kind of, they talk about him like like he's this cool young guy that's like really good friends with Elizabeth. Yeah. And he even says like the first time Elizabeth comes back, he's like, oh wow, maybe we should all get like hit in the head. Because he's <laughs> yeah. like, maybe that'd be good for all of us because she looks great or whatever. I'm like, you can't say that. What's yeah. going on? And like, where are the female teachers that are having a positive impact? I think it's not like bad that, not like you can't be a young girl who has, like, male teachers that are, uh, you know, role models for you. Um, but it's just kind of interesting that there were no f- adult females besides their mom who was bad. Well, and I'm normally one to come to Mr. Collins' defense. Mm-hmm. But it's made weirder in this book by the fact that Elizabeth is not being her normal, shittiest sure. self. I'm- she's such a flirt. Mm-hmm. And she has a close relationship with Mr. Collins that she's making it weird. Right. And now that... It's come up in episode after episode that my guests have noticed this thing with this relationship with Mr. Collins. Oh, really? And kind of, I I always think, thought Mr. Collins was amazing. I still do. But I figured yeah. we might as well lean into it. Because <laughs> in this book, it's put right, right front and central. Yeah. Um, this passage you're talking about, uh, Mr. Collins' jaw drops slightly. This is when Elizabeth mm-hmm. first walked into the door, and he calls her Jessica. He's like, "Oh, are right. you looking for? Are you looking for Liz? Mm-hmm. She's not here, or something like that." Like yeah. Liz has never been back to school yet right. after the after the accident. Um, so, Mr. Collins' jaw drops slightly. Elizabeth, Elizabeth, she confirmed, dropping gracefully into a chair. Well, maybe a little knock on the head would be good for all of us. He said. You look wonderful, and I'm glad to have you back. We all missed you. And Elizabeth says, you look pretty good, too. Every girl at Sweet Valley would have agreed with her. Roger Collins wasn't the most popular teacher at school only because he was interesting in class. In fact, most of the girls would have loved a little after-class attention from this teacher. Right? That makes me so, like, wait, what's going on? It's, It's explicit. It's like... I feel like that's not, like, a new theme where, like, students, like have a crush on their teacher, but they it seems to be more, like, overt in this book. Yeah. Like, they seem to have crushes, like, on a lot of adults to me, or, like, they come into a lot of, like, yeah. situations with adults. Having a crush on a teacher is, like, a timeless thing. I get that. Sure. But, yeah, this book seems to be, like, condoning it. Like, having the hots for your teacher is a good yeah. idea. Uh, rather than, like, a recipe for sorrow and disaster in the best case and, like, total like, criminal horror (laughs) in the worst case. So there's even this weird line where 
um, later on in the same page where they're still in this conversation. And Mr. Collins says, being in the hospital must have been a horrible ordeal. Not all of it was bad. She gave him a dazzling smile. Fowler Hospital has some fantastic looking doctors and interns. And some of the nurses aren't at all bad, in case you're interested. That's so weird. For the second time that morning, Mr. Collins's jaw dropped in surprise, though. So at least he's like, whoa. Right. That's a weird thing to say. It's interesting. The relationship has been turned upside down. Yeah. Well, I feel like we could pick apart the ins and outs of what happens over the next couple of chapters, mm-hmm. but we might as well just speed ahead to Lila's party, right? Like That crazy party that I was yeah. like, what is happening? Yeah. So, I mean, I guess we'll just say <laughs> Jessica is unwilling to kind of be clear to her parents about how bad things are for Elizabeth, and it's because she, like, feels like it's her fault right. at the end of the day. That that keeps on being the only reason. I guess, It's yeah. sort of, like... It's, it's flimsy, kind of, but that's what they want us to think. Exactly. It's, it, it definitely feels like the book's excuse, like, to allow this to happen. It doesn't feel realistic. Oh, and there's also an important detail that, once again, Elizabeth screws over Jessica with the Percy twins. Yeah. Jessica has to take these Percy twins to a flute audition, where once again, the Wakefield just peace out. Right? They At again. night, after everybody's asleep. They're like, oh, wait, we have responsibilities for these other children? No, my children will take care of these children. It's fine. And so they force the twins, basically, to wake Jessica up in the morning. This is all bizarre. And the twins have to tell Jessica that that Jessica has to drive them to school. So it's 7 o'clock in the morning. Imagine this. You're 16 years old. It's 7 o'clock in the morning. And two little girls who are like interlopers in your house and have already made your life hell are waking you up to being like, Jessica, it's time to get up. Your mom said... And Jessica's like, no, no. And they're like, yeah, you have to drive us uh, like an hour away to our flute audition. And they give her a note from her mom. And the mom's just like, sorry, thanks. Mm -hmm. You were asleep when we realized this problem. It's like, no, that's not cool. That's not allowed. But it is allowed. And Jessica's pissed about it because she has a makeup date with Danny Stouffer at the beach. But she's like, whatever, we'll get in, we'll get out. The flute audition lasts for five hours. <laughs> five hours. It's like a million. So I think it's hard to. There's a lot of things that are unbelievable or not realistic, but I think one of the most re- unrealistic things is that there's like hundreds of people at this flute audition and it's like taking them forever. These kids are 12 years old. I don't even there's understand. There's not going to be that many 12 year olds interested in not like auditioning for whatever orchestra like they're trying to get into. 70 young flute players auditioning for this orchestra. And it's like, all right, that's. A little too much. That's a stretch. Yeah. <laughs> so Jessica gets pulled over, and she gets uh, then she then she gets a ticket, and then she gets to the beach. Oh, and she gives it to cop an adults only smile or something. Like there's something about how she like pulls out a smile that's like adults only. It was like this like really weird thing where like she like knows like just to, like just like put on the sex for the cop. And I was like, yeah. what? She gets to the beach, and Danny's like already found some other chick, and she's so pissed off that she like hits another car, and then. Suddenly we're at, like the chapter ends and we're yeah. at Lila's party. Yeah. I was like, okay, uh, that's a weird choice. Book. Like what happened to the car? Like it wasn't even explicit that there was a car accident. It was just like the sound of crunching bumpers was enough to really ruin Jessica's day. Chapter twelve, Lila Fowler had the craziest parties. Like what? Anyway, um Chapter twelve. There's so much. It's so crazy. There's like so many incidents. She, Elizabeth, like, has so many relationships with all these different people. Like, there's that whole Max thing with the the rock star at the school that she gets on his motorcycle. Oh, my and they're God. Mad at her. I was like, like, the most triggering thing you can do to your sister's like, I'm going to get back on a motorcycle with this other guy. And that I was terrible. I forgot about that. That that was really, I wanted to throw the book. I was so <laughs> mad. I think the book even downplays how mad they are. But yeah. I, yeah, I, it's like I, kind of that, that happened before Lila's party. Yeah, it's like just like a weird blip where she like, oh, I'm just gonna like have a fling with this rock, this musician, Max Dellen. Yeah, Jessica and Todd are hanging out outside their house. Oh, Elizabeth, by the way, is also being a bitch to Enid, her best friend, not right. talking to her. So Jessica's trying to pick up the pieces, but she doesn't want to tell anybody that Elizabeth is is seems she's really worried about Elizabeth. Mm-hmm. She keeps lying to like cover Elizabeth's ass, and then she's like internally, why am I doing this? She sees Todd outside their house. They start talking. And Elizabeth pulls up on the back of Max Dellen's fucking (laughs) motorcycle. And they're both like, what? What? Now, Elizabeth is grounded at this point because she is failing her classes and she Mm -hmm. cheated off of... Yeah, she's been caught plagiarizing 
What's yes. his face? Is Egbert's. And we didn't even talk Cooper. about the fact that she started shit in her eyes and ears column yeah. by planting something about Susan Stewart, like who we don't even know who that is, but Susan Stewart is dating Ken Matthews. And, and she, she wants to be with Ken Matthews, so she puts Elizabeth something. wants yeah. to be with Ken Matthews, so she puts something in her gossip column. Yeah. I feel like, listeners, if this seems like a total whirlwind, it is. Sorry, so there's crazy. a lot that happens, but it's insane. Though I will just say, there's like a whole thing, right, with the column. But Mr. Collins gets mad at her, like the teacher with, in charge of the Oracle, yeah. and he's like, he says he keeps talking about applesauce. Like, that's some sort of, like, fight situation. We don't dish each other applesauce. I thought, yeah, yeah. I thought you and I were never going to dish each other applesauce. Like, I was like, who says this? He brings up applesauce multiple times. Like, he's getting surly. Like, don't bring up that applesauce with me, Elizabeth. <laughs> Anyway. Let's start that. You want to start saying that? No. I think that's applesauce. I don't like a Stop load of applesauce. applesauce. This whole book is a load of applesauce. It kind of is. All so, right. Anyway, we can go back to Lila's party because that is where the good no, stuff Well, happens, we should so. say that Mr. Collins fires Elizabeth from the eyes and ears True. column. So, Elizabeth, you... I don't know if you gleaned this from the book, Alex, but mm-hmm. Elizabeth writes this gossip column yeah. called Eyes and Ears. That somehow is great and, like, not mean to It's anyone. not mean. <laughs> and, it, and if anybody else wrote it, it would be mean. Yeah. And that really becomes clear in this moment when Jessica, sorry, Elizabeth, easy yeah. mistake to make, Elizabeth plants this item saying, who's Susan Stewart been talking to? Hope KM doesn't find out. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's made up. This gets back to Mr. Collins somehow. And he accuses Elizabeth, who admits, to using it because she was like, everybody else gets to benefit from my column. Why don't I get to? And he's like, because you're a journalist and that's fucking immoral. Uh, so she gets fired. And she's yeah. very indignant about it. So so then she gets grounded by her parents. Jessica is now expected to keep her from getting in more trouble. Yeah, I just don't understand why this is all on her. Yeah. Her, so the Wakefields weird. tell Jessica, like, don't let Elizabeth get into any more trouble. Like, it's your job to watch her. So when Elizabeth pulls up on the back of Max Dellen's motorcycle, and she and Todd both see it and are like, what? You're just in a fucking coma. You're not allowed to ride a motorcycle. That's why you didn't ride Todd's. Her love of her life, she didn't ride his motorcycle. Now this rando's got a bike. Right? And she's riding, they wear helmets at least. Oh, doesn't but, it say that she's the one driving the motorcycle? Oh, that's right. She's like, oh, and he calls her a girl biker, and how you're She's, like, the best girl biker he's seen. Is like, oh, right. <laughs> that's right. Uh, there's a lot of talk about her being a girl and, like, driving a motorcycle. I'm like, oh, okay, that's but, enough. <laughs> so when Jessica's like, Todd, you have to go after her. And Todd literally, like, chases them down, gets out yeah. of the car, and picks Elizabeth up off of the motorcycle. And, like, that's a little crazy that we just yeah. believe that he could, has the four. I guess he's supposed to be so big that he could just pick her yeah, up against her. Well, gets her in the team. car, like, boxy yeah. belts her into the car. And he's like, we need to talk. And Elizabeth's like, you're kidnapping me, which is, like, sort of true, but he, I don't you know. You could have gotten out, like. Yeah. Anyway, so <laughs> Elizabeth just won't listen to Todd's, like, what's going on with you? Like, I'm sorry if you're mad at me for the accident, and but, like, you're not behaving like yourself. And she just does not want to hear this. She's like, I'm doing whatever I want to do. Like, I'm having fun. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And you just want to smack her. But um, then, so, whew, that all being said. Lila's party starts, and in addition to just being terribly written, like, it's so hard to follow the action of this party, it's also so fucked up. A pi- it's, called, it's a pickup party. Well, let's... Are, are there other pickup parties in this series? No, this is a new concept. It's and we basically need... like a swingers party for high school students, is what it sounded need, like to me. We need to tell our readers about this. I marked the page. Okay, I have it. Uh, oh my god, Please. So Lila's a snob, but she throws the best party so no one cares. And Lila never gave a party without a theme, and this time she had combined two of her old favorites. The kids were told to come in costume and without a date to a pickup party. Everybody came single and picked up whomever they could. A lot of girls at Sweet Valley who thought they were going steady found themselves without boyfriends after one of Lila's pickup bashes, and a lot of girls who wanted to get rid of guys did so that same night. Jessica liked the idea because it would give her a chance at just about every neat guy there. What? Yes. It's That's insane. Every neat guy there. Yeah, every neat, neat guy. All neat guys, terrific guys. I'm like, all right. It's, this, it was so funny to see the word neat juxtaposed with this tawdry nonsense. Most, like, this is absurd. Like, what kind of... I, I just... I'm just shocked by this whole like, concept for high school parties. So I'm going to step on a soapbox for just a second here. <laughs> and I want all of us to remember this moment 
next time you're tempted to say kids these days, like teenagers this, these days are wild and crazy. It's like, I know Do these you think are fiction- real though. Well, I know it's fictional, but like it was real enough that somebody decided to put it in a book in mm, the this 80s. This is a moment when you feel like it's written by some weird adult who's like really out of touch, or like yeah. they'll bring up like weird moments where. Jessica will suddenly make a metaphor, an analogy about, like, lawyers, or she'll make an analogy about, like, the Supreme Court, and it's, like, kind of weird to me. Not that teenagers can't know about the Supreme Court, but you know what I mean. Yeah. <laughs> uh, there are a lot of things in these books where it feels like maybe the writers forgot that they were writing about teenagers. Yeah. But, at any rate, uh, it's a <laughs> horrible party. <laughs> and it just goes from bad to worse because Elizabeth starts dancing up on Bruce fucking Patman. Who <laughs> you have so much disdain for this guy. Such a sleazebag. He's a total tool. And Elizabeth hates him, too. Right, so he's in, I guess, a lot of the other books then, because... He is, yeah. In book three, he was dating Jessica. About him. Yeah, okay. Yeah. In fact, it's not just Elizabeth that hates him. Jessica hates right. him, too. Right, 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 right. So he's a real playboy. Before we get into all of the actual drama, let's just remember that they're both, Jessica and Elizabeth are both dressed up like matadors. Because, which I just think is like the most bizarre choice, but they're both matadors at this pickup party. Because again, pickup party wasn't enough to just like get with whoever you want. And fuck your boyfriend, fuck your girlfriend. You don't need them. Like, let's find somebody else. Fuck them. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. (laughs) But, uh,. Um, they look like matadors. One is a red matador and one is a green yeah, matador. Yeah, Elizabeth's in red, Jessica's in green, <laughs> which I think really embodies the... Because, yes, like, green switch. is go, good, mm-hmm. and red is stop, fiery. And fiery, and then they've switched, they've fully switched, because normally I think Liz would be in green and Jessica would be in right. red. So Elizabeth is having, like, the time of her life, dancing up on Bruce Patman, Jessica's annoyed because she can't have any fun, has to watch her. Side note, Elizabeth was... Uh, grounded and i think it's bizarre that they had to like beg their parents to go and i'm like jessica why weren't you just like no elizabeth you have to stay home because you're grounded i'm going alone this yeah, would have that, solved a lot that but, would have been really smart of um, jessica but this no. is one time thing where it's like jessica if you were jessica come on yeah you're a good liar yourself. like like why did you need to get her to go too you can do things separately don't be so yeah know, attached that's true and then um so she's drinking and dancing with Bruce. Yeah, Elizabeth is drinking. Yeah. She actually tells Bruce, like, oh, I want something to drink. And and Elizabeth, and he, like, pulls a bottle out of his yeah. pocket, which is, like, a new level of, I really? didn't realize that's where Bruce was. That he just, like, carries bottles of liquor around in his pockets. And then Elizabeth drinks it down, like, really fast. And right. it's like, mm, yummy, you know. And Ugh. then they're, like, hiding from Jessica. And then, like, they, they start kissing and it's all hot and heavy and... Um, Elizabeth agrees to go with him to his father's club, like, like beach house club, beach, beach house club. club yeah. Whatever. And some other kids are going to go there too. Uh, so Jessica later is looking for Elizabeth mm-hmm. and somebody tells Jessica that Elizabeth left with Bruce and she's like, she did what now? And she goes to tell Todd, which I think is a bold move. Like Todd, we have to stop her. Cause basically they're operating under the, correct assumption that Elizabeth is not herself right now. Yeah. Uh, I don't know what they would do if Elizabeth, this were just the new Elizabeth and she stayed like this forever. But yeah, I don't know. So what happens at the beach club is such an absurd scene that I thought I would ask you to join me in a dramatic reading, Alex. Mm-hmm. Okay, this um, is still in the car though, right? Yeah, they're in she the car. She wants to get out of the car and go to the party and he's like being real creepster and is making her stay in the car and giving her more wine. Yeah, so... Um, Elizabeth is reaching for the door to get out of the car. Mm -hmm. And you want to read Elizabeth and I'll be Bruce? Sure. (laughs) Don't, baby, Bruce whispered, pulling her hand away from the door. But Bruce, the other kids are already going in, she said, glancing out the window. We don't want to miss any of the party, do we? She asked, her voice showing the effect of the liquor Bruce had given her at Lila's. We could have our own party, just the two of us, he suggested in a husky voice. But I want some wine, she giggled. Wine makes me feel so good. She snuggled against him. I've got enough wine right here in the car to make you feel very good, sweet Liz. He pulled her closer, kissing her on her slender, vulnerable neck. Oh, I like that. Sweet Liz, that's me. She giggled again. 
And I like whatever it is you're doing to my neck, dear Lord. This I is know. Absurd. But it does say, for the 20th time that night, Bruce Patman wondered how he'd gotten so lucky. Elizabeth Wakefield was about to melt in his arms. It would take just a little more to drink and just a little more time. This is the most rapey book. He's a great guy, huh? No, this is just like a clear... But it, it, he is like, like, whoa, this is so weird. Liz is being really weird. But, but he's just hey. like, you know what? I'm going to take advantage of this. Yeah. Have some more wine. It's just yeah. classic. But give her more to drink. Disgusting. So sick. When I got to this scene, I was like, oh, this is it. Because I've read this book before, right? Mm-hmm. I remember years ago. I remember it being crazy. I was like, this is it. But then the scene ends. Like, that crazy, like, oh, yeah. just a little more wine scene ends. Todd comes and punches right. Bruce in the yeah. face. And, and I was like, saves her again. oh no, this isn't even the end of the book. Nope. There is another party in this book. Yep. I didn't, I mean, I didn't know that, but I was kind of like finishing this book. Like, wait, it's still going on? Like, I have like two pages left. Like, like this is, she needs to get better now. <laughs> yeah. So, basically, Jessica gets called into account after this scene by her parents, they're like, how come you didn't tell us about your ticket? Yeah, and we've and all he, forgotten about the ticket at this point. Yeah, yeah, remember, the that. jumping ahead to the chapter, I yep. guess, was meant to be some sort of, like, clever writing technique where now they're coming back to it, and it turns out that Jessica didn't tell her parents because she knew that they wouldn't let them go to the party, mm-hmm. which I wish she had just told them and not been allowed to go to the party. Right? That would have been great. Uh, but then the twins, the precious twins, the Percy's, come out and they like defend Jessica. They're like, there's no way she was really going as fast as the officer said. So that's kind of sweet moment ties that up. But never mind that because, oh my God, Bill Chase asks Elizabeth out. Right. And which is like kind of a dick move. If he's good friends with Todd. Bill Chase is really good friends with Todd. And the book basically says Bill asked Todd if he could date Elizabeth, and Todd was like, I guess. Yeah, Bill jumps right into asking Elizabeth out. Like, can you go out with me on Saturday night? Like, a sentence later, Bruce asks Elizabeth out. She just, like, double books on purpose, basically, I guess. Yeah, like, a moment later. She's like, oh, you want to go out with me on Saturday, too? Okay. Yeah, so Bill asks her out. She says yes. And then Bruce asks her out. And says, like, we can hang out at my parents' house all night. They're gone. Or beach club or whatever. And she says yes. So then she ends up going with Bruce. And then Bill shows up at their house. And Jessica answers the door and is, like, really confused as to why Bill is there. And then she's like, oh, she's gone. And so she comes back down the stairs. She looks for her and then realizes she's gone. And goes back, comes back down the stairs in now Elizabeth's, like, new fancy outfit. And decides to be Elizabeth and go on this date with Bill. Yeah. Which we learn later is revenge. Right. And also, I can tell you, is actually leading into what's going to happen in the next book, which is going to be Jessica and Bill book. But, yeah, that's pretty bold of Jessica. Todd sees them together and is is really sad because she thinks, he also thinks that because Todd is just, like, on the beach alone being sad, like, watching the waves, just so depressed. Yeah, and if he knew what was happening to Elizabeth in that moment, he would really be depressed. Well, hopefully he would do something. (laughs) But, um, yeah, it's bad. So, basically... Bruce yeah. takes Elizabeth to a bedroom and, like, puts her on the bed. Yeah, and, and it's, like, such a... Cla- I mean, very timely, this book. It's just so much of her being like, no, wait. Even as, like, the Elizabeth who's, like, kind of in this, like, weird alternate Even, like, personality. Elizabeth, she's still kind of like, slow down, slow down. Yeah, like, like, let me have so fun. Fast. Like, yeah. she, it's weird because she's, like, into it. Like, she wants to be there, but she's telling him to slow yeah. down. And so he's annoyed, but doing it. And then he gets her in, on the bed and, like, goes to get some more wine. More wine. She's already drinking wine. Yeah. He goes to get her more wine. She's on the king-size uh, bed. And the, the she, like, hits she her She gets head. up and she, like, twists her ankle and falls on, like, the carpet. It's stuck she on a table. Her head. She hits her head on the wooden nightstand or something. And then suddenly... When, when she wakes up, she she's says... She's back to normal. Where, where am I? What's this dark space? I genuinely... Oh, I open... I'm going to read it, okay? Yeah. She's, like, confused. She's already starting to get a little confused. I think it's because she's drunk. Anyway. What is this place, she wondered. How did I get here? She sat up, managed to get to her feet, and realized she was in her bedroom. She sat on the bed, shaking her head to clear it. Did I buy a bigger bed? She mumbled. 
So this is where she's at. She's not even at home. She's at Bruce's house. But, like, that's how disoriented she yeah. is. She's like, where am I? Who am I? The la- the events of the past hour, the past week, the past month are, like, n- unknown to her. Part of me was thinking, because halfway through this book, I was like, oh, is this, like, all a dream that she's having, like, while in a coma? In this moment, well, like, because like, she's, like, in her own bedroom. Yeah. yeah. And so I was like, is this going to be... <gasps> the nightmare. But it's not. But it's not. No, but it's exactly what we thought it was the more easy thing, I guess. I don't so know. when Bruce comes back and she's like, where am I? Like, what are you doing here? Uh, he's like, haha, funny, funny. And she's like, ew, you, gross. And he's like, what? Like, you were all about me a second ago. And for a moment, I feel for Bruce. Because he's, r- just a nope. moment... Just for a moment. Just so everyone knows, I don't. Just for a moment, because it's like, he thought one thing was going to happen, and he comes back but to somebody... But he was being gross even before, because she was still telling him to slow down. Well, you know it. what? That's fine. Let's Because because he loses it all in moments for me. Bruce I, I is no fine. More sympathy. He's rich. Well, no, he's fine, but also, <laughs> fuck Bruce Patman. Yeah. He's dead to me, because <laughs> of... Like I had this, it makes it that all makes me all the more angry because Mm -hmm. just for a moment I was like, oh, that would be awkward. You know, that would be rough to be to be in this position and you come back and find someone who is totally different than the person you left a moment ago. Mm -hmm. Although the person she's become is more like the person you've known your whole fucking life, Bruce Cameron. But whatever. But then he gets physically aggressive with her it's not just yeah. like i thought maybe i was misremembering this book i i, I talk about this book on my blog like i mm. i remember this as a seminal book mm. where bruce patman pulls some really shady shit it on is Elizabeth. dark it is like just straight up like rape and like abuse is yeah happening. yeah and um without getting too specific if anybody has read sweet valley confidential Think about that when you read Sweet Valley Confidential 10 years later <laughs> and wonder to yourself if Francine Pascal remembers this book when she wrote Sweet Valley Confidential. Anyway, I won't mm. that's I won't say anything else. I'll tell you about it later, okay. Alex. Uh, everybody read Sweet Valley Confidential. <laughs> or don't. I don't know. It's, it could be traumatic. <laughs> but uh, so he actually, like, she says no in no uncertain terms. Yeah. I hate you. Go away. I don't care what I said. I don't know what you're talking about. I don't know where I am. And he... He, Bruce grabbed her mm-hmm. and pulled her close. He tried to kiss her, but she turned her face away and pushed with all her strength against his shoulders, trying to free herself. Roughly, he seized her wrists, and she was helpless. I've got real strong hands, Liz, he said. From tennis, see? <laughs> Ooh, tennis. Now, you listen to me. You give me what I want, or I'll tell this whole thing all over school. You want that? What would all your friends think of you then? He forced her closer, and with one hand, he held her head and kissed her again. Then suddenly he gave a cry of pain and let her go, Ah, you bit me! Thank you. God. Biting. Finally. Saves the day. And she's mm-hmm. like, you know what? You're such a creep. You go ahead and tell this story all over school, because I will tell the story, too, about yeah. the way that you behaved. I didn't. She calls him a coward. Mm-hmm. Like, it's like really good, empowering, but it's so harrowing. Scary. Ah, these books. This is like the fourth time this has happened in... T- I mean, seven books that a really? man has like forced himself on a woman i didn't remember See, it like that i mean hmm, i mean it never under stereotypes in this book are everywhere yeah <laughs> against the poor guys yeah <laughs> i guess if any teenage boys are reading these books they're not getting very good role models no one's getting a great yeah. role model out of this i'm gonna say so now that elizabeth realizes who she is she goes back into the world and finds todd and she's so happy to see him and he knows yeah, she's instantly. just like running to on yeah. the beach like trying to like get to safety and get home Todd sees her. She knows instantly that, uh, or he knows instantly that she She's back to normal. is back to normal. And then the book ends. Well, yeah, because then they see, because he's like, oh, if you're here, then I thought you were with Bill. And then she's like, no, I was Bruce. And then he's like, oh, they must have been Jessica. Ha ha ha. And Jessica is just basically, and the book ends with Jessica, like, on her date with Bill. And so Bill still thinks it's Elizabeth. And but it was I was so angry though because as someone who's only read this one book, I wanted this moment of the sisters like back together, yeah, like a cathartic moment that like needed to happen. Oh, like is anybody gonna tell Elizabeth what she's been doing all over town? Yeah, for the past like month? I was like, there's I was just like I can't believe it's over. I cannot believe the sisters are not back together, and there's not gonna be like any of them reuniting. I was just shocked. Yeah, it's a real like sudden ending, and. Like, Elizabeth is going to be really upset, one would think, when she finds out how she's been behaving for the past Yeah, and Jessica's like, going to be weeks. so relieved. Yeah. And I'm just like, really? No, we're just going to end with boys? Great. 
Todd yeah. saved the day. She gets to have a moment with Todd. Todd saved her. Todd's the best. And <laughs> there's nothing about the sisters well, what back a, together. Well, what a perfect transition into the time of the podcast where we talk about boys. Okay. So we've already talked a lot about boys in this episode because they factor in so heavily. Uh, we talked about Mr. Collins and how he's being weird. We talked about Dr. Edwards. Um, weird. Winston Egbert is dating Mandy Farmer officially in this book. Mandy Farmer, another great name. So it's funny that um, there's actually a moment when Jessica is a little bit jealous of Winston. Winston's always had a crush on Jessica. Right. So she, that was kind of cool, mm-hmm. like, interesting that, like... She wanted that attention. She wanted that attention, especially now that Elizabeth is getting all the attention. Um, There's a moment with Todd where we haven't really gotten into it. He really um, blows it at a basketball game. Oh, yeah, there's a whole chapter about Todd being sad, being bad at basketball. So sad. He can't all get together. Great, but he gets, he misses all his shots, he gets in a fight. And then, I mean, Todd seems great. I, I'm sorry if I'm being too hard on Todd. Obviously, Todd's great. He's, like, very, uh... I got a lot of, like, Dean from Gilmore Girls vibes. It's like, if that was his, like, function in this, like, world. Oh, yeah. It's like, he's the perfect boyfriend. Very much. Abigail Elizabeth Dean. seems very Roy Gilmore. She works at the paper. She's so smart. And she's perfect. She's beautiful. All naturally. <laughs> like, yeah. I, I get it. I'm into it. But yeah. uh, this is such a sad chapter for Todd. Yeah. And he really biffs it at the game. And then... Um, Mr. or Coach Horner pulls him aside right. and is like, I can tell that something's wrong. And he has this great moment of insight. From what I hear, Elizabeth's a fine girl, but I think she has problems right now. Todd Wilkins looked at the coach for the first time. You think so? Yes, I do, Todd. You acted very out of character, and that's why I knew something was very wrong. If that girl is acting out of character, something's got to be wrong there, too. It's like... Thank you, somebody. There's always got to be but some adult. But of all adult. people, of all people, the basketball coach is, like, going to be the one to save the day or, like, help them see the light. Like, but freaking obviously there's something seriously wrong. Yeah, the whole time I'm like, how are we just ignoring all this? But, okay. So, that, but I'm glad this message from Coach Horner actually is something that gets through to Todd and causes mm-hmm. him to act and, like, start treating Elizabeth and the rest of the book as if there's something wrong that he wants mm-hmm. to know. When he has her in the car after taking her off the motorcycle, he tries to find out what's really going yeah. on, but... I wish he had defended himself more, because she's like, oh, you're just hanging out with Jessica. Mm-hmm. And he just doesn't say anything. Yeah, yeah. One other thing that we referenced earlier, but that I really feel like we might as well get into the specifics of, is Jessica and Danny Stouffer... Um, the things uh, that she says about the state. It's just... Um, it's, yeah, they just seem... It's, the book seems very overtly... Not that there's anything wrong with, like, teens exploring their sexuality. That's true. But it was just bizarre because it seemed very overt. But then there's this one moment where someone's calling Elizabeth a flirt, and she's like, she's not a flirt, and they get, like, she yeah. gets so offended at the fact that she's even being called a flirt, when it seems, from what I learned from this book, is that Jessica is a flirt, and that doesn't have to be a bad thing, it's just who she is, and there's just this weird double, I don't know, edge sword, where she is very, seems very comfortable in her sexuality, and, like, what she does to boys, and then at the same time, it's wrong and bad? That's a really good point. They aren't allowed to have sex, but they're constantly talking about sex. Yeah. It seems like these girls kind of want to have sex, but they're, I'm just going to guess that they yeah. don't have sex. Like, do they have sex in any of these books? Like, that's clear. In fact, the very implication that anybody is having sex is grounds to totally ostracize them. It's so weird. It's so weird. They have pickup parties. This whole thing. I know. It's it's this weird thing of being, like, sexual but not sexual. In these this, girls seem very horny a lot of the time, In this book, basically. more than ever, because Elizabeth is doing it, too. Yeah. Um, and more so than Jessica ever I guess did. you're right. I think there's extra because we basically have two Jessicas, in a way, yeah. in this book. Well, and then all the crazy parties and all the flirtation. Yeah. And all of the, like, the word sex never gets said again. No, it doesn't. But there's all these implications, and, and it very strongly is implied early on in this line about Danny Stouffer, where Jessica says, I'm giving Danny Stouffer a second chance. He's taking me to the drive-in. Liz says, what's playing? And Jess says, who cares? Did I ever tell you about the front seat in Danny's car? It slides back and reclines and... And I probably don't have to draw you a picture, do I? Ugh. 
And so Elizabeth weird. says, no, Jess, pictures aren't necessary. <laughs> so it's it's just so... And they have this moment, she says, Jessica is telling Todd, they're trying to figure out what to do for Elizabeth. And they're like, well, maybe we should have that psychology professor come back that was, like, really attractive. Yeah. Even if I dated him, she'd probably take him away from me. Yeah. Just that she kind of makes a joke, like, just kidding. Yeah. But again, like, all the guys are just so attractive, I guess, in Sweet Valley. I guess so. And it's kind of all they care about. They're all neat. They're all terrific. Really neat guys. It's just, yeah, they, it's, it's like very like sexy, like like hot for a moment. And then they have the most like, I don't know, generic, bland terms like neat. Neat. Cool guy. <laughs> a beautiful boy is a beautiful boy is a beautiful boy. Well, before right we go, I need to ask you a very important question that I ask all my guests. And that question is... Are you a Jessica or an Elizabeth? Now, that is a challenging question given the nature of Dear Sister, where mm. their roles are kind of reversed, but I feel like you get I get what Elizabeth is supposed to be. Okay. And so I would say Elizabeth. <laughs> yeah. Jessica is honestly not as bad as Elizabeth is in this book, usually. Right. I'm going to be, I'm the Elizabeth in the other books, not you this book. Are, you are. I would say I have to agree. Like you're are a, nice, a nice Elizabeth. <laughs> you even have your own... Uh, Todd. I mean, it's true. It's kind of, like, hard to be a Jessica when you've had one boyfriend that you've been dating since high school, so <laughs> it's a little obvious. Yeah. It's a little obvious, I think, for you. <laughs> yeah. Alex, thank you so much for joining me for this crazy thrill ride that is Dear Sister. I hope you'll come back again someday. And um, we'll uh, have a bonus episode where we'll talk a little bit more. But until then, maybe you can tease us with what's coming in book number eight. Oh, yes. Is Bill Chase caught in Jessica's trap? Find out in Sweet Valley High number eight, Heartbreaker. Thank you so much to Alex Jennings. And thanks as well to Don Flaxbart, Lauren Shippen, and to Jocelyn Schofield for the use of her song, Beautiful Boys. I'd love to hear from you. Email me at sweetvalleydiaries at me.com. Or you can follow me on Instagram at sweetvalleydiaries or on Twitter at sweetvalley. Write me a letter and maybe I'll read it on air. In fact, if you write in, I'll almost certainly read your letter on air. So does that make me Miss America? Now I feel like I have to read more of this. Just I have to know what happens. Oh, I can make that happen Just, for you. I don't, like, I don't want, ugh. Have you seen my bookshelf? <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> I'll just check one out. Give me a library card for your room. 